0: to the Future of Field Service podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Nicastro. Today, we're going to be talking about the future of the call center. The call center and the field service functions are inextricably linked. um, And today, we're going to be talking a bit about how the call center has evolved and how it will continue to evolve into the future and what that relationship with service um, should look like. Uh, I'm excited to welcome to the podcast today, Ian Schmel, who's the Vice President of Sales, Service, and Digital Operations for AT&T Mexico. Ian, welcome to the Future of Field Service podcast.
1: Thanks, Sarah. Good to be with you.
0: Um, so before we get into the nitty gritty, um, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: So um, you're correct. As far as my op- area of operation right now, I have responsibility for AT&T Mexico, Basically, it is the call center operation, including digital. Um, I live in Mexico City. I have a very supportive wife and two growing daughters who are seven and eight, and we've been located there for uh, almost five years.
0: Cool. Um, how uh, how far apart in age are your daughters?
1: Uh, they're seven, uh, 18 months apart.
0: 18 months minor. I have two boys and they're 16 months apart. So totally get that life. Um, speaking of which, uh, I shared this with Ian before we, um, got started, but it is raining here, uh, in Erie, Pennsylvania today. And I do have, um, not only my two children, but a couple of extras playing in the house. So if you hear any background noise, uh, just, uh, know that they are fully supervised. Um, and please, uh, disregard. Um, good. So so Ian, you've been with AT&T for a, a long time, um, uh, I think around 21 years in a variety of roles. Um, so tell us a little bit about your trajectory with the company, some of the different functions um, that you've served in, and you know how that kind of led to the role that you hold today.
1: Sure. So you're spot on. It's been 21 years that seems like uh, sort of flew by. I've had probably 16 different jobs working in uh, pretty much every area of the, com- of the company, from um, network operations to marketing, business development, technical roles, um, business development and product development, even HR, where I had a, a labor role, including negotiating with uh, the union. I've moved, I lived in seven different cities. Six in the U.S. and now the current location in, in Mexico City. And um, as as far as trajectory goes, I've I've been very blessed to have these opportunities and have moved up. You know, to the point that now I'm at a, at the vice president level. Um, when when I would go through the different roles, it wasn't always a, a promotion. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was just getting more and more experience, and I think that that's allowed me to have sort of the perspective I do today. Because I really am not a specialist. I'm a generalist. Mm-hmm. So I would do different roles and learn about the company and uh, the industry. And now I, I think that one of the most critical parts, you know, t- tied to, to service in general, whether it's field service or call center customer service, is getting that relationship right. And that's what really, really excites me today as far as the opportunities we have to do better in that area.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that, um, you know, being in those different roles and, and seeing the organization from different perspectives, you know, it gives you some really good context for different areas of the business. And, you know, it's interesting because we see, you know, to really keep pace uh, with the, the change that exists today and to, you know, succeed in service and, and you know, realize its potential there's a lot of silos within the business that have had to and continue to need to be broken down. Right. And so, you know, that sort of situation of a uh, call center at, in a silo field service in a silo, you know, these different things. Um, based on the customer experience, but then also, you know, the nature of digital transformation and just how the business needs to sort of collaborate better, um, you know, those those things are really, those lines are kind of blurring in a lot of ways. And so I, I would imagine your um, experience outside of um, the function you're in today and sort of being able to see that from different perspectives is is helpful.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, and I think that the the piece of it when you intertwine um, technology with it, the adoption of technology, the implementation of technology, ends up being a, a really key skill set. Not just to understand that sometimes it takes time, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it doesn't work, mm-hmm. and being able to adapt and overcome based upon that experience has has been a real key.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Even you know the name of this podcast is Future of Field Service, right? But um, in some ways the name in and of itself is misleading because it's not just about field service you know if you look through the content we're discussing it's really service as a whole and the customer experience um, you know in its entirety right and I think that you know we've we've even had conversations about that like should we call it something different but the reality is um, you know the name is, is still applicable in, in terms of what people look for and the types of things we're talking about, it's just far more encompassing, you know, than it it was ten or fifteen years ago, right? So, um, so all of that being said, you know, so we know the call center is is certainly a critical aspect of the customer experience. Um, what would you describe the relationship that you typically see between? the the call center and field service.
1: I think that I think I see our role as being a support to the field. So while while there are issues relative to the wireless network, um, as it relates to the customer, the field for us is the retail store. Mm-hmm. So what I can say is it's an extremely close relationship. My peer is the chief revenue officer. I'm in very constant communication with, with him mm-hmm. um, and, and our role, right? Is to provide feedback to them. Mm-hmm. So I see ourselves, our team as service for the field.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we have two customers, right? Internal and external, and us being able to provide that feedback based upon an interaction with a customer makes it such that the field can get better and we can get better by giving them that feedback.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I think that that's critical because as service evolves in today's age, the idea of measurement and the things around how those two teams work together and function together mm-hmm. is, is critical. And, and to your point, it, it, it starts to blend,
2: mm-hmm. right?
1: Because if the interaction is occurring in the store and then it necessitates a call, Right, and we don't want to call,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Because it typically means there's a problem. Then my obligation is to make it so that that field experience is better, and maybe there's an adjustment that's made there as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So, as we look at sort of the the interdependency and the the connectedness of those functions, and you know what I mentioned earlier in terms of, you know, for organizations they're really looking to impact the customer experience you have to look at how you break down silos um what would you say you know organizations can do to improve the relationship between the call center and field service and you know make that code codependency more effective and and really drive better customer outcomes
1: yeah it's it's top of mind Um, because there absolutely are silos and it's a lot of work to break them down. And mm-hmm. many times the call center is viewed as beneath the retail experience, right? you're, or you're just in the call center. Um, I think there's two pieces to it. Uh, the first is teamwork
2: mm-hmm.
1: and accepting that you have to operate as a team. And the second is data. So going to teamwork, one of the things we've done is we've literally had learning sessions for the field for the sales organization to better better educate, what, what does the call center do? Mm-hmm. What does the day in a call center look like? Because they're totally different. The retail experience is simply productivity, how many widgets, right? Uh, hitting my number mm-hmm. versus a call center and that measurement being totally different. And what do I see? And what's my experience? They're having the customers in front of them and we're hearing the customer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and many times what we're hearing is feedback relative to what went right or what went wrong. Mm-hmm with that first touch and that Mm -hmm. first experience. Mm -hmm. And the second bucket I see is data. Um, I once heard a a gentleman I work with say that, you know, you never believe anything unless you're coming with data, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody else is, you know, is not of as much value. The reason I cite data is because if you can educate the team member who you're working with and tell them the why behind what you're saying Mm -hmm. and bring them proof, I think it's an easier conversation because you know what the problem is. Mm -hmm. If if you can identify or frankly what they're doing well, I I Mm -hmm. think that the relationship can become better and has become better because you're giving everything. You're telling the whole story. It's not just well, in this particular store, we had 17% of our calls or this region and that's tied to this leader. And that was bad. It's okay. What what are we doing? Right? Mm -hmm. So when I talk to my peer and I say, Hey, here's an area of opportunity, but did you know this? And did you know, this is where we never get a call.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So
1: that's how I see you break down the silos, teamwork and data.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, um, if you think about, you know, your history in at and and the different roles that you've had and the perspective that gives you, um, you know, related with the, the current initiatives that you're leading in, in the call center. Um, you know all of that kind of gives you a unique perspective on what you feel the future of the call center will be and will look like um so i want to talk a little bit about some of those key uh i guess predictions or or considerations or things to to think about um and the first are around you know really operations and skill sets um so Tell us a little bit about some of the opportunity for evolution that you see here, or some of the things that you have underway at AT AT&T.
1: Sure. The the traditional notion of a brick and mortar call center, I think is gonna be rethought and analyzed. And I'm not gonna say that I think that we're gonna move to a virtual distributed model 100%. I know there are companies in the industry there's there's one in the airline industry that did that, um, but I think rethinking that with respect to the benefits is 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 a key theme now. And the really easy benefit to to look to look at is cost, right? Mm-hmm. If if I don't need to have this building and I don't need to pay this rent or lease or whatever, then why wouldn't I focus on that because I don't want the high cost? But the other piece of it ends up being tied to recruiting,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so if you don't have to be in one city and you could actually recruit in a specific demographic area say um, have call center experience or there are a number of people concentrated in that particular uh, city i think i think that's a big help Mm -hmm. but the key part of this is you have to still be able to achieve the operational excellence with respect to quality Mm -hmm. monitoring and the hard one honestly is is the teaming the teamwork Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. being able to see somebody, being able to relate to the the people. And then, frankly, that goes back to leadership. And so you can get the new talent pool, you can have the geography, you can cut your costs. But if you can't drive the results, then you're not going to necessarily see this huge seismic shift. Mm -hmm. I think what you're going to do is you're going to see adoption of technology. And you'll see monitoring become more important, speech analytics, AI. But... call center itself for it to shift it's going to need those things Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: now what does that look like in terms of the skill sets like how do you see the skills needed for you know let's say the ultimate call center like what will that look like five years from now or ten years from now
1: i think with the adoption of ai and psychometric or personality testing you're going to see a shift toward um, personality, um, profile, and matching. Said differently, if, if I get a call and I know that Sarah has this disposition or is good at this, I think you're going to become um, more targeted mm-hmm. with respect to who gets the call. But mm-hmm. to your question regarding profile, I think that there has to be a passion um, for the job. I think there has to be a deep understanding of the experience. So you're not just answering the call and solving the problem. You understand the customer journey Mm -hmm. better. I think you end up having to have a more holistic understanding of that customer experience in order to solve it. And it's no different than today, but I think you have to have people who love their job. Mm -hmm. So that will never change. I think that the obligation of companies is to make that easier. Mm -hmm. Many times what happens is the call center is the last place people go and they own, they end up not getting their problem solved, Mm
2: -hmm. irritated
1: with the company and never want to call because they're on the phone and they're told they have to wait for two hours. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So, Yeah. Okay. So as you think about sort of the change in, um, you know, the, the matching of skills, the change in use of technology, the change in maybe a more distributed, um, you know, structure versus uh, like a central call center. Um, How do all of those things impact the ability to successfully measure effectiveness? So what needs to change related to how we look at um, or modernize the measurement of call center?
1: I think that uh, to, to my previous point, we need to be looking more holistically at the customer journey, Mm -hmm. identifying the pain pain points and and providing the feedback loop. So there's an opportunity to measure service resolution Mm -hmm. based upon that journey. And what this means is you have to have that partnership across the customer Mm lifecycle. Now, with respect to measurement, I see an opportunity to measure the journey. So let's go back to what I said as far as the partnership with retail. What I see in the future is the ability to measure the buy, the use, the pay, the service as a team. Mm -hmm. And so if I live in Phoenix, right, and I'm part of the Phoenix team, we all succeed and fail together.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Now, there are people in the industry who've done this at a more micro level Mm -hmm. with pods, Um, And and I do think that's an innovative way to measure. You you get away from AHT. um, While a net promoter score is important, Mm -hmm. I think that you would look more closely at churn, lifetime value, and ARPU with respect to the revenue that's being brought in. Mm -hmm.
0: So, you know, you saying that makes me think that's almost a further progression of breaking down those silos, right? You know, it makes everyone have to think about the context outside of their own point of impact, right? And and to really see that bigger picture um, and not only see it but feel in some way responsible for that bigger picture, right? That's sort of the goal. It is. Okay. All right, so I know when, when we talked previously, you mentioned, um, the vision you have for what you refer to as a zero touch approach or a no call center. Um, so, so tell our listeners a little bit about, you know, what that means, what you, what you think, um, you know, related to this and, and what you kind of see, uh, that the future might bring.
1: Sure. And, and so this is, uh, this is Nirvana, right? So this isn't this isn't necessarily tomorrow. It's a mm-hmm. it's a lofty a lofty goal. I see this starting with um, data and access to data. So everything hinges upon data, and you can't make good business decisions if you don't have it. So you start with the access to data. You move mm-hmm. into operational control. What does operational control mean? It means you understand your operation, where you're going to improve it with respect to what you now understand because of that data. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: From there, your goal is to drive operational efficiency through the analysis or those data analytics that you're able to um, basically glean, the the learnings that you can glean from that. Mm -hmm. From there, and this is where a number of people are today, is you need to push on digital adoption and automation. Mm -hmm. You'll hear it. You'll hear it called um, digital transformation or omnichannel from a number of years ago, but that's that's the sweet spot Mm
2: -hmm.
1: that you're able to move up. And the reason it's important is because what I do in that area with respect to digital needs to be the right thing. Mm -hmm. And what I do with respect to automation where I'm not gonna have a contact also needs to be right. Mm -hmm. The last step in this is customer delight and resource optimization. So what that means is I'm going to be able to make sure that every time I have a contact with a customer, it's going to be a delightful experience. If they have to call us, mm-hmm. it's going to be great. Right. And I'm going to have the correct resources assigned.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: how do you get to zero touch? You have the balance between digital and automation with that end goal of that delight with the customer. Nobody wants to call a call center. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have predictive, proactive versus reactive,
2: mm-hmm.
1: leading to no touch.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So what we've been able to do um, following this principle is to decrease our calls. Um, they're now one third mm-hmm. of what they were three years ago. The digital adoption has moved up to 31%, mm-hmm. right? So pushing that envelope is, is the vision. And like I said, it's, it's nirvana and it's a goal, but it's out there.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. So from a, from a digital tool perspective, what are sort of the key ingredients, you know, I mean, what are, what are the, the tools that are foundationally critical to building out that vision?
1: So, um, you have to solve for what your universe is. And what I mean by that is if you're a contact center, Mm -hmm. okay you have to identify which contact method you're going to go after optimizing. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So most people traditionally had been used to calling a call center, Mm -hmm. right? So you pretty much everyone has an IVR because you need to route efficiently. However, what's happened in the future, um, most recently is people are willing to text or they're Mm -hmm. willing to chat or they're, Willing to interface with an IVR that has intelligence tied to it such that you can create a ticket. Mm -hmm. So the answer to your question is that you need to figure out what the smart bets are based upon your operation.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Where you're going to yield initially the most savings with a balance toward the customer experience such that you're moving toward that delight. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So one of the things you can do is uh, make sure you're optimized first in your IVR relative mm-hmm. to workforce. And then you take your call reasons and you identify how is it that I'm going to drive down the number one reason for my calls. Mm-hmm. An example would be, pretty typical example is bill inquiry. People call about their bill.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They don't understand it. They don't know why a charge is there. They can't um, understand why they're being overcharged or what changed in their plan, etc. cetera, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What do you have to do to explain the bill better? or you have to fix the bill. So as it relates to digital and tools, what you could do is you say, if you're calling for this reason, you can do this. So now you're identifying what area of, the, of pain the customer's having,
0: mm-hmm.
1: communicating back with them that you're solving that problem and you're doing it as fast as you can.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um- so I know that you uh, have said you see the call center of the future as a profit center versus a cost center. So how, how will that occur? Um, and where do you feel you are on that continuum today?
1: Yeah, so this, this is a heavy lift um, and it depends upon the market segment industry that you're sitting in. So this is not to say it's one size fits all and you can do it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say that relative to where we are in the continuum, we, we made that shift. Okay. We, we did it relatively quickly. But going back to your question about what's the profile for the future, what does mm-hmm. that call center resource look like? This is tied to personality. So the number one goal still is absolutely serve it. Mm-hmm. Resolving the customer's issue the first time they call you and making it as whiz-bang amazing as you can, right? Mm-hmm. But then what has to happen is you have to get that broader understanding so that they know Sarah does this with my product. Sarah has, has bought 10 pair of red shoes in the past four years. And so I'm going to offer her a discounted pair of red shoes. Mm -hmm. So when you're able to solve the customer's next problem, it's, it's a better experience and it doesn't feel like it's a sale. Mm -hmm. You're actually making their life better. I'll give Mm -hmm. you a, an industry-specific example. Let's just say you called Sarah and you've gone over your data, right? Mm-hmm. Okay? And you've done that for the last three months and you're irritated. You don't know how this happened. You didn't know that you could go over your data,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but you're calling me. So what do I do? I sell you a control so that you can't go over your data.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: it's simple. Or if I know that you, um, you actually have have not had a new phone in X period of time. I look Mm -hmm. at your profile and I'm intelligently trying to offer something. Mm
2: -hmm. So
1: in the call center, it's not, unless you're doing outbound sales, you're not going to be doing new customer acquisition. And that's not what we do. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: We
1: do service. So it's upsell, cross sell and add-ons. Okay.
0: Makes sense. Um, What would you say in, you said you've been in your current role about five years, right? Yep. So what would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned um, specifically related to you know, optimizing and modernizing the call center?
1: Um, I think that the call center is misunderstood. Um, first thing I, I recognized and frankly it came from my own perspective because I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd like to think I understand it now it, it sounds like I'm repeating the same thing, but I learned just how valuable data is for mm-hmm. the call center operation. I learned that making decisions that are data-driven is critically important. Mm-hmm. And I also learned that partnership, to your point, with the field, mm-hmm. you will not succeed without it. Because if you try to operate in your own little silo, to your point,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you're just going to stay in your own little silo and you're right. going to be stuck managing and measuring in the old ways.
2: hmm
0: good. Um, what do you think, if you think about from a technology perspective, you know, again, looking at the future, so not what's been done so far, but what becomes possible, say in the next five years, what do you think is sort of the most exciting thing to, to pay attention to?
1: I think um, AI, mm-hmm. prediction, matching. Um, I, I think those are very interesting areas. I think that if you can uh, provide, if you can anticipate needs,
2: mm-hmm. if
1: you can anticipate um, contacts mm-hmm. such that you are predictive, um, proactive versus reactive, all mm-hmm. tied to that, but but absolutely AI I see as, as a really interesting area. I also think that where we are today, mm-hmm. um, We're not there, um, particularly in the in the call center space. There are some interesting tools that can match Mm -hmm. um, personas, but I think that when we get really good at that, it's going to become much more personalized. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be a a cookie cutter matching with respect to that. I think it's going to be, I know it's you, Sarah, that likes Mm -hmm. red shoes.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a really interesting. An interesting point that you brought up uh, that, you know, I I think could be useful. Just thinking some of my own experiences, you know, where you talk about like the personality matching and, and stuff like that. And, you know, to your point, if you have people calling that are frustrated, you know, what are the different ways to not only diffuse that but you know get ahead of it and and be proactive in in offering different solutions and things like that. So um okay so 21 years at AT&T so looking at sort of the the history overall not just call center specific but in general what would you say are the biggest lessons you've learned um in that time and and as a as a leader
1: I've um first thing is it went by quick. I learned learned that. Um, I think that the different roles um, and leading different teams I've, I've, I've recognized, and this was my mom taught me this actually, that the most, two most valuable things dealing with people are patience and humility. Mm -hmm. And so having the different roles I have, being able to sort of tag onto that, hold onto that, understand that has, has been very valuable. That's one of the biggest lessons. Uh, related to it. I've, uh, I've always looked at it that um, if I've had a team, people don't work for me, they work with me. Mm-hmm. I think that realizing that you're kind of all have a common goal. And while you may be identified as the leader, and you have the obligation to lead and the responsibility. It's, it's, it's all about people,
2: mm-hmm. and all
1: about relationships, and uh, how you treat people is very important. Yeah. And I, I don't think that necessarily has just to do with one company. It's probably more of a a bigger lesson but that's that's what I've learned
0: good well definitely true too um, all right Ian any closing thoughts or comments
1: uh, I just want to thank you I really appreciate this I think it was a great conversation you you asked some really really good questions and obviously have a very very good insight with respect to the industry and and, and this area and I've, I've, I really enjoyed it thank you
0: Well, thank you. That's very nice. Um, And I appreciate you being here and and sharing your experience. Um, So thank you for for coming on. Uh, You can find more content by visiting us at futureoffieldservice.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn as well as Twitter at the future of FS. The future of field service podcast is published in partnership with IFS. You can learn more about IFS at ifs.com.